This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to ER and Vet on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee, and I'm an emergency critical care veterinary specialist and toxicologist. Thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about all things allergies. So make sure to come right back. We're really excited because we're going to be speaking with a guest, Dr. Danielle Rutherford, and she's going to be talking to us from Westside Veterinary Center. We'll be right back after these messages. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select Petco locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet. Super excited to speak with Dr. Danielle Rutherford. Dr. Rutherford, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. All right. Just so our audience knows who you are, do you mind just telling us who you are, where you trained, and what you do now? Of course. So I'm a small animal general practitioner. I'm located in New York City, which is where I was born and raised. I went to veterinary school at University of Pennsylvania, where I then went on to my internship in back in New York at Veterinary Emergency Referral Group. And I've been here at Westside Veterinary Center since 2013. And thank you for joining us today. Today, I wanted to talk to you about something that we see all the time, and that's allergies. And a lot of people don't even know that their dogs or cats can have allergies, and they think, oh, he's not sneezing or his nose isn't dripping, so he doesn't have allergies. So tell me about the common symptoms to look for when it comes to allergies in dogs. That's a great question. You're absolutely right. Sometimes owners don't realize that allergies are going on. So allergy symptoms can vary depending on the cause of the allergy. Probably the most common symptoms we see relate more to environmental allergies, which can be things like grasses, molds, bug bites, or even dander. We see these symptoms come up with itchy skin. Our pets may be constantly licking or biting at their paws or toes or even their legs. Their eyes might be red or even the skin around their mouth or their feet. They might just be shaking and flapping their head if their ears are itchy. Or sometimes they do have these watery eyes and sneezing or a runny nose. But we also can't ignore food allergies, which sometimes we can see itchy skin with, but often just even vomiting or diarrhea. 
A lot of people, especially on the second part, you talked about cats. They don't even realize cats can have allergies too. And I have a cat that I actually adopted named Lola, who was found on the streets of Minneapolis by animal control. She had absolutely no hair. And our dermatologist had tested her and she had severe food allergies. And people don't realize like just the hair loss, the excessive licking in the thigh area if your cat is constantly licking there, that could be a classic sign of allergies. So please don't ignore those symptoms. It's really, really uncomfortable and potentially painful for dog or cat to be constantly itchy, constantly licking. You may think it's annoying when it happens at 2 a.m. because it's like, <sharp inhale> but it's also annoying to them too. So we want to make sure our pets are comfortable and getting treated for their allergies. Now, what can pet owners do to help prevent or even alleviate allergies in their dogs? So you're absolutely right. These allergies can be really painful and irritating. So the more we can do to help them, the better. Absolutely, if possible, it's best to try to identify the cause of the allergies so we can avoid it, whether it's doing things like limiting time in the grass on a spring day, if your dog is sensitive to grass, or even using protective clothing like booties or t-shirts, if there's something that they're coming in contact with that's going to make them itchy on a regular basis. But it's also about absolutely important to remember flea and tick prevention. Even one of these bug bites can be super irritating and it can lead to an allergy flare up that we can easily prevent. There's also a lot of over-the-counter things that pet owners can use. There's topical anti-itch sprays with a little cortisone or oatmeal, even moisturizing shampoos you can pick up at the pet store that tend to help relieve skin. But these are all temporary. You know, we want to try to remove as much of these irritants as possible so we can get to the root of the problem before it starts. So I always recommend if you're going out for a walk, when you come back in, washing their feet with a little warm water or even flushing their eyes to remove any pollens or irritants. You can use a product, you know, such as the Project Watson Eye Wash to help relieve some of that debris that gets in there. A lot of these pollens and dirt get in the eyes and then we start rubbing and that leads to really sore, red, runny eyes, and even ear cleaning, just doing routine ear cleanings to help take those things away. I know even with my cat, as soon as she drinks even a tiny bit of dairy, she loses so much hair. And that's why she's actually on a hypoallergenic diet. You know, we talked before about food allergies versus like almost spring allergies, what we call atopy or atopic dermatitis. Food allergies is way less common than people think. So you don't need to just automatically change your pet's food without counsel from a veterinarian. But, you know, in general practice, in emergency practice, I will say I will see some dogs who come in with such severe allergies. A lot of pet owners don't even notice that in between their paws, it's really red or they have basically pus coming out of their ears or constantly itching. They get a secondary ear infection. And again, allergies is an underlying medical problem that has to be treated because otherwise we see secondary yeast infections or secondary bacterial infections. So again, really important to work with your veterinarian or a veterinary dermatologist to make sure that we're treating it appropriately. We want to definitely make sure that we're doing what we can preventatively. But at the same time, if your dog or cat has significant disease, and oftentimes they need to go on an antibiotic if it's a bacterial infection, or even an antifungal if it's a yeast infection, there are certain medications that can decrease that itch or decrease that inflammation. So definitely talk to your veterinarian about that. Now, what's the best way to establish an allergy care routine for your dog? 
So I think the most important thing when getting a routine is finding a product that's easy for to use. So if you're going to pick anything, find something that's easy to find in the pet store and easy for your pet to tolerate. So make sure you're using a really gentle product. I do like to use eye and ear cleaners regularly, where you can set up a routine with your pet to give them regular cleaning, bathing as well. You know, I usually recommend that we try to bathe these pets at least every two weeks to relieve some of the pollen buildup on their fur that can lead to scratching that will eventually lead to these bacterial and yeast infections. So I always recommend using shampoo and conditioners that have oatmeal, which is really moisturizing for the fur and can also help to relieve itch. But also when you're using eye and ear products, use something with gentle ingredients like aloe that can help flush out those eyes and ears without burning or leaving sort of an irritating, itchy sensation. So I tend to use products like the Project Watson Eye and Ear Wash that have a little bit of the aloe juice. I kind of get a little cotton ball and I'll put a little bit of the cleaner and gently flush those eyes and ears to remove a lot of this debris. And I would start out using a routine like this maybe once a week. If you're not getting a lot of buildup and your pet isn't super sensitive, you might be able to do it less often. But if you're getting a lot of debris out of the ears, or cross set of the eyes, it might be helpful to start doing that even two or three times a week to relieve some of this itch. Great information. Thank you so much, Dr. Rutherford. We'll be right back after these messages. I'm your host, Dr. Justine Lee. If your dog likes to chew, you don't want them chewing your furniture or your shoes. So give them Natural Farm all-natural dog chews and bones made from sustainably sourced ingredients that are free from artificial colorings, preservatives, and chemicals. Check out their gully sticks, bully sticks, and collagen sticks in flavors like bully stick, peanut butter, and chicken, and their stuffed collagen and stuffed bones. Big dogs or little dogs, you can choose your chews. Go to naturalfarmpet.com and save 15% off with code ERVET15. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to ER Vet on Pet Life Radio. Today, we're talking about all things allergy-related with Dr. Danielle Rutherford. And the reason why we're talking about this is because we see it all the time as spring and summer approach. Now, when we see an itchy dog or cat, we've already talked about we have to make sure it's not fleas or ticks. And most pet owners will say, oh, I don't have any fleas in my house. Remember, it could just be one flea bite that can cause this intense allergic reaction. So I live in Minnesota. We're winter six months out of the year. And I keep my dog on an oral flea and tick medication as soon as March happens because ticks can survive even in Minnesota. And I keep my dogs and my cat on it actually till after a really hard frost, which is usually October. So when in doubt, you want to talk to your veterinarian about making sure that your dog and cat are on fast-killing, fast-working flea and tick medication. The second most common reason we see itchy dogs and itchy cats is allergies or what we call atopic dermatitis. And again, that may be more seasonal. So if you happen to notice that your dog or your cat is doing this more in the middle of the night and licking constantly, that is a sign licking in between their paws or somewhere. That's a classic sign of allergies. So again, you want to be able to make sure you're picking up on some of these signs. Now, if it's not 
fleas. It's not atopic dermatitis. And the third thing we worry about are food allergies. And again, that's way less common. And so again, please don't just switch your dog's food thinking it's going to help with the itching. I'm also going to say, please don't just randomly put your pet on medications. Remember, some over-the-counter medications can be poisonous to a dog or cat. It could contain decongestants that can be really dangerous. Some are safe, but please know in some veterinary studies that have been done, the use of oral diphenhydramine, which fancy word is Benadryl, isn't helpful. So I see so many pet owners come in in the veterinary ER and when I ask them, oh, what other medications is your dog on? So many owners say Benadryl and that's been debunked. It doesn't actually help much. So we've been talking about what we can do to prevent and alleviate allergies. All right, Dr. Rutherford, at what point would you recommend seeing a vet? Like if you notice your dog's itching a little bit or licking a little bit, maybe once a week, what's your cutoff? When do you make that decision on when they should go into a vet? or even go into an ER vet? Great question. I always recommend if you reach that point where you think your pet is uncomfortable, it's absolutely time to see your vet. And really, when you're thinking about the difference between emergency versus a regular visit, if there is any bleeding, odor, they're severely uncomfortable and can't stop itching or licking, I do think that's a time to go into the emergency room and get them treated. But it's also helpful to think about setting up those regular visits before you get to that point. If you find that your pet's licking their paws every night or scratching their ears every day, they're starting to smell a little different. Their fur is a little greasy or there's crusts on their skin. That's a time to get in because we want to start using those proper shampoos and cleaning routines so that we can get a a routine established so we notice when infections start to happen. Because if we can get ahead of it, It'll help our pets feel more comfortable in the long term. You're absolutely right. Just throwing them on some Benadryl, you know, it always seems like a good quick solution, but it's not really helpful in the long run. And I often see so many times where these pets have been on Benadryl for months and months and months. And now finally they come to the vet and they've got a resistant staph infection. They've got really painful skin and it takes months of antibiotics, which have their own side effects on our gut and our immune health to kind of get them back on track. So if you think allergies are starting, I think it's good to even think about just talking about it at your next checkup. Maybe it's just getting a demonstration on how to clean the eyes and ears properly, or talking about special shampoos or looking at the the color and the texture of their hair coat and their skin. But anything we can do to get you in early makes a big difference in the long run. All right, great information. Now, is there a technique to help your dog better withstand treatments for their eyes and ears. A lot of pet owners, they don't feel comfortable flushing or cleaning their pet's ears. Their dogs are really wiggly or if they have like a bulldog, like a French bulldog, their eyes are really bulgy. So it may be harder to flush out the eyes without hurrying them. What advice do you have as a veterinarian? Absolutely. I try to make it fun. That's number one. It shouldn't be a punishment for them. So I always recommend if you can have a second person with you that can help to comfort your pet and also provide a little bit of restraint, but more importantly, give them treats, make it rewarding to them. So we can use things like either biscuits or even a lick mat or a Kong as a distraction, anything that kind of keeps them interested and and distracted from what you're doing with their eyes and ears. I also try to avoid having bottles coming directly at them because that can be a little bit scary. So when I'm flushing the eyes, I usually put a little bit of eye cleaner on a cotton ball and just kind of gently squeeze that over their eyes to run some of that liquid in gently without irritating the eyes. It also prevents the chance of you accidentally poking them in the eye with the tip of a bottle. Same with the ears. 
I generally will put a little bit of liquid inside the ear, uh, massage the base of that ear canal, helps to loosen everything up, let it float to the surface, and then gently wipe it out with a cotton ball or a gauze. It doesn't have to be scary. Your fingers are not going to cause any trauma, but we don't want to put any Q-tips or other sharp objects into the ear. Just cotton balls are fine. With enough massaging, you can get that debris out. You don't have to go digging too much. Right, that enough. A lot of people will say, oh, you know, I have leftover eye medication or ear flush from my dog from 10 years ago. I'm just going to go ahead and use that. You have to be really cautious about that. And the biggest thing that I see is contamination. So maybe your dog had an ear infection or a yeast infection in the left ear and you touch the tip into the left ear and then did it into the right ear, you could actually spread the yeast infection into the opposite ear. So when in doubt, I know it's a little bit hard. When in doubt, ask your veterinary technician, your veterinarian to show you how to do it. You can also have them do it too. Um, I do that sometimes in the emergency room when I'll be examining a dog and I'll I'll open up their ears by just lifting up their, their floppy ears and I'm like, oh, there's like pus pouring out and the pet owners didn't even notice. This sounds a little bit weird, but if your dog or cat has like a malodorous smell, you have to investigate it and you have to treat it. You know, maybe you haven't bathed them in a couple of months, but you know, when it comes down to it, if they truly have a something that smells bad, um, you have to look for the source and treat that source because you can imagine how painful it is to have an ear infection if you're a kid or if you have a kid. Same exact thing for dog and cat. They really mask their pain and it can be really painful. I remember consulting with the veterinary behaviors when I was a vet student and I was sitting in on the exam and the owners had paid $200 for a veterinary behaviorist exam because the dog was being really aggressive when the kid went near the head. And it turns out the dog had a really severe ear infection. And that's why it was so painful. So when in doubt, make sure you care for those ears and eyes. Granted, they have two, but we want to preserve both of them. We want to preserve their sight. We want to preserve their hearing. We want to make sure that your dog or cat isn't uncomfortable or painful from those allergies or itching all the time. Dr. Rutherford, thank you so much for joining. Any last tips that you want to leave with us? This has been great. I think that the most important thing to do is Try to set yourself up with that regular routine. Once you get in there and get in the habit of cleaning our eyes and ears regularly, you'll start to notice if anything's different. If you start to see redness or you start to see odor or you see that buildup that's a different color than you've been cleaning out of the ears, that's an early sign something's going on with your pet. And the sooner, the better. Get them in. So try to get that routine going early. But I think these have all been little tips. You know, always ask your vet. We're always available to answer questions. If you, you know, aren't sure about your pet, having allergies, just bring it up at your checkup. It's better to talk about it and say, no, they're okay than to let them go untreated. I'll also say when in doubt, if you're making an appointment, please make sure I do the same thing for my parents or when I go to the uh, medical doctor, I keep a running list of questions that I wanna ask. Now, granted, we don't want like more than 10, but my general rule is you wanna make sure you're asking those questions in that coveted 20 to 30 minute time period that you have so you can make sure you're taking care of your pet and that you're an advocate for your dog and cat as best you can. Well, Dr. Rutherford, thank you again so much. Love what you do and really appreciate you for working in veterinary medicine. Thank you so much. Well, that brings me to the end of today's show. Find me at drjustinelee.com, on Facebook or Instagram at drjustinelee, or email me your pet questions at drjustine at petliferadio.com. With that, we're out of time, and we want to thank our guests, Dr. Rutherford and Mark Winter, our producer, for making this show possible. See you at the next episode. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.